Hey, welcome to the Healthy Postnatal Buddy Podcast. Healthy Postnatal Expert Peter Lap. Naat, as always, would be me. Today I'm answering some more questions about exercise during pregnancy. What are the benefits for your postpartum re- uh, recovery and what are not the benefits? As in, what can you actually achieve and, 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 what, and what can't be done? And I'm also talking a little bit about plyometrics, you know, box jumps and all that sort of fun stuff. Are they beneficial? Are they to be avoided postpartum? You know, just some of that actually useful stuff. So here we go. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Postnatal Body Podcast of uh, little old me again. This is the podcast for the 14th of January 2023. And I, uh, 2024, I apologize. Yeah, see, you've gotten into a time machine. Um, I am here with just my three dogs, just my three puppies. Lola, Kitty and, 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 and Buddy are all just settled nicely. The door is closed, so there shouldn't be too much noise. Uh, but, you know, we can only hope. We can only hope. So, this week I'm talking about exercise during pregnancy uh, and the benefits for your postpartum recovery. Uh, I had many questions this week and um, from uh, from various people about various things <laughs> to be honest but one that stood out was a conversation I had with a new client actually a returning client of mine who trained with me her, her first um, after her the birth of her first child and she's she's pregnant again and she's back into action with me um, again now because she wants to A. stay active stay safe and active and B. she wants to prepare for her postpartum period as effectively as possible right so one of the questions for instance she was asking about a long conversation first one of the questions she was asking as was to do with diastasis recti this comes up a tremendous amount um with women who have had diastasis before or um still have it even and they fall pregnant again they think they ask is another pregnancy going to make my diastasis worse? Is it going to make the gap worse? Because that's fundamentally what they are then talking about. And, you know, I've gone over the di- definition of diastasis recti before. You know, it's the width of the gap and the depth of the gap. And that is a narrow, what I call the narrow definition. But I think muscle functionality is significantly more important than that. Right? Whether everything still works and everything is in its right place and all that sort of stuff. I think that's much more important. But for now, we're just talking about the gap. And as I always point out, the gap isn't the problem. The gap isn't going to be bigger when you have diastasis recta and you fall pregnant again. Um, The baby will need X amount of space anyways. And true, you could potentially argue that... um, that your core can hold out a little bit longer if everything is tight and that fascia sheet isn't stretched and, and uh, already and all that sort of thing. But that is going to be so ridiculously marginal that, that it really, really doesn't matter. Because um, the intern, the baby needs room. And, 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 you know, all that fluid needs room. So you're going to get 
the size you're going to get. That is that is just the way it is, I'm afraid. Uh, that also means that any exercise you do during your pregnancy is not going to prevent diastasis recta, right? It's not going to prevent a separation of, of, of the muscles. Um, what it will do is make sure that those muscles stay active and stay moving and therefore help your postpartum recovery when it comes to at least when it comes to your core muscles because those muscles still remember what they used to do and i'm oversimplifying this right i don't mean muscles actually forget i just mean the muscles will still be good at doing what they're supposed to be doing they will still be used to it uh, and that is where the benefit of exercising during your pregnancy really really sits other than to do with uh, labor and all that sort of stuff as, as everybody who has ever been particularly active and then has gone into labor will know um if you're used to doing a lot of squats that makes your labor period a heck of a lot easier simply because you know you can squat your way through it a little bit so what you um what you find is that the exercise you do during pregnancy is all to help speed your postpartum recovery uh up a little bit that is fundamentally what it boils down to. Now, you can say, okay, it also improves your cardiovascular output and it keeps you fit and healthy and all that sort of stuff. Of course, that is that is part of it. My main point is that exercise during the pregnancy will not prevent anything that is going to happen anyways. Um, so it's not going to prevent diastasis recta. If you If you're going to have pelvic girdle pain, there is nothing to suggest that I have seen in any of the studies, that there's any exercise that helps prevent it. Um, so don't believe people, don't necessarily be skeptical towards people that say that if you do this class, and I've, I've seen this sort of stuff advertised, if you do this antenatal class, then this helps with prevention of pelvic girdle pain. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. And I've said this before about any sort of postpartum program as well. A lot of the time, these conditions, um, such as diastasis recta and pelvic girdle pain, um, they kind of go around leakage and all that sort of stuff, pelvic floor weakness. They a lot of the times they they resort themselves. They they you know in the case of diastasis recta, eighty percent of all cases. When we again, we're just talking about the gap here. Eighty percent of all cases resolves itself within the first year right that gap closes to within the 25 mil that 25 millimeters um that's two and a half centimeters which is what about three quarters of an inch for depending on on uh, no it's about an inch what is an inch these days 2.54 so it's about an inch um so depending on on, on what your measure <laughs> measurements are that's why i'm throwing them out so um that, that gap goes back to within those normal parameters in 80% of cases. So it's going to be very difficult to say that your diastasis healed purely on the basis of, of a postpartum exercise program. And that includes the healthy postnatal body program, right? Um, that we can't, say, we can't say that this is the, uh, there's a causal link between doing a program and healing your diastasis recta other than once you've passed that year stage if you start any sort of diastasis recovery program a year later and then it helps then you can say yeah this program really works which is why i know 
<laughs> the HPMB program is so effective simply because I've worked with people that have had it for 25 years. I've worked with a lot of women in their 50s and 60s and, you know, if we can help them, we can help anyone, right? It's that simple. But it doesn't mean that the gap wouldn't close. In the majority of cases, the gap would close by themselves. In the majority of cases, pelvic girdle pain isn't a permanent condition. Um, and yet, I would still say to everyone with pelvic girdle pain, see somebody about this. Because you don't want to walk around with that in the hope that it fixes itself. Right? You get a bit of help. Get, get a bit of get a bit of physio. Same with pelvic pelvic floor weaknesses and, and, and leakage and, and, and all that sort of stuff. You work with somebody, you get a bit of help, and that is everybody should do that anyways, especially with regards to the pelvic floor as far as I'm concerned. But you see a women's health physio and uh, you just get some tips. Um, rather than waiting for these things to magically heal heal by themselves. Apologies, I had to do a little yawn there. Um, so that's why I moved away from the mic for a bit. So that is the main the yeah, that, that's that's the main thing. Exercises you do during your pregnancy are there to help speed up your postpartum recovery. Um, if you're familiar with the healthy postnatalbody.com program. Then you know, and I've written about this before as well on one of the posts about how long does it take to recover from diastasis recti and stuff. The first four to six weeks of any postpartum program are always about muscle activation. And I know physios lose their mind over this stuff, but um, because they say muscles are always active, but that's not what I mean. Just teaching the muscles to function at the right time, doing the right thing at the right time and all that sort of stuff. That's the first four to six weeks of a program. If you already have excellent muscle activation, then you don't then that period is significantly shorter if if there is one at all. Um another thing that comes up a lot during with people who uh start exercising or want to continue exercising during pregnancy is uh, how intense can the exercise actually be? And I always say, and I've said this to uh, to my to my new clients as well. I said, listen, it's for the duration of your pregnancy. You can do anything you already used to do, um, except for the last trimester, we don't do exercises on our back anymore, right? Um, but that is not because you're you're not strong enough to do it or anything like that. I also always tell people that on this intensity scale of, of, of 1 to 10, 1 being, being very, very low, and 10 being, you know, borderline dying, having to collapse onto a couch, I keep most of my clients at the highest, I push them to a 7 We don't when they're pregnant. I don't go above that. I don't need your heart rate to be that ridiculously high. There is no benefit Uh to, to, to having your heart rate that high during exercise because most of the um, exercise we do with people who are pregnant are with an eye on making their postpartum recovery faster. It's very rare that I get anybody who is pregnant that has a specific goal that is within the time frame of their pregnancy. 
such as if you I don't know, if you work with with athletes or tennis players or something like that, it's very rare that someone would come to me and say I've got a tournament next month. Right, that is just not really that doesn't come up. It's all about postpartum recovery. So there's no benefit. Sorry, as a bang my chair. Um, there is no benefit to pushing it beyond the seven. Uh, uh, from what I can tell. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. I doubt that I am, but <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Peter at healthypostnatalbody.com, right? So we don't have to go that intense. And that intensity scale is all completely personalized. So someone who's a top-level athlete, for them, a seven is significantly uh, more... Well, the effort levels are the same, but it's, it's significantly more... They usually lift a heavier weight or they move a little bit quicker and all that sort of stuff than someone who's new to exercise. Um, so that's completely personal. But that's the whole point of you know personal training and, and, and any sort of exercise program in an ideal world is as personalized as possible. Right? That is always important to remember. That is, the, in an ideal world, you get a personalized program put together by someone who really knows what they're doing. That's not affordable for everybody. So, you know, you have done that scale. One-to-one personal training is always more effective than, say, um, a, a, a generic online program. Personalized program is also more effective than a generic online program. Program Even such as healthypostnatalboy.com that I spent a lot of time in effort on. But if that's... Generic programs such as healthypostnatalbody.com is significantly better and this is so far ahead of like YouTube stuff that you know that is you should still choose something like that over the YouTube stuff. You just have to ask yourself how much am I willing to pay for a generic program if the next level up is a specific program. Um, and the next level up from that is personal training. If someone sells you a seven a program of seven hundred pounds or like a thousand bucks, that's a generic program. You're much better off taking your personal training sessions. It's not even close, <laughs> right? This is why I always say that these generic programs, postpartum programs, should be cheap as chips. And why you know I always give three months completely free because it's a generic program. Doesn't doesn't. Once it's done, it's done. I don't have to put any more effort into it. Anyways, I digress, I digress. But it does kind of bring me on to the idea of plyometrics. Now, for those people who don't know, plyometrics plyometrics is basically any sort of movement, kind of where you jump around a lot. Things like box jumps uh, and uh, star jumps, jump lunges, jump squats, all that sort of stuff. Um press-ups into um, leaving the ground, you know, hand clap press-ups and all that sort of stuff. Anything that requires explosive power. Um, But in this case, what I'm talking about with impact, so with you coming off the ground and going back onto the ground and all that sort of stuff. Like I said, box jumps, that type of stuff. Um... That is fundamentally what, what plyometrics are. It's about plyometrics is about explosive power, right? The there is a huge benefit to doing plyometrics, especially for athletes, right? Explosiveness is is half the battle. Um, 
if you're looking to, to gain a yard on your opponent, being first off the block, being faster off the block is, is, is huge. Um, but I do hear a lot from people that say, um, I like that sort of stuff, but I can't do many more post-Python because it's dangerous post-Python. And that is not really true. And when I say not really true, I mean it's really not true. Um, the issue with plyometrics and any sort of impact exercise especially, because I would argue that things like a kettlebell swing is, is fundamentally an explosive move and therefore, you know, towards that range of thing, kettlebell cleaner press nice and quick and all that sort of stuff, maybe less so, but, but still it's about explosiveness more than anything else. The reason a lot of people can't do them postpartum is because their pelvic floor isn't strong enough and their core isn't strong enough. Because during that type of impact exercise, running is a part of this, by the way, right? Running is impact exercise. Um, the pelvic floor and the core is under more pressure than it is when there's no impact. Um, and quite often, early postpartum, the core and the pelvic floor are just not strong enough to sustain this. And this is why you always say running with diastasis recti isn't the best idea in the world because your body simply isn't ready for it yet. Um, that doesn't mean overall it's a bad thing to do. I, I think in the Healthy Postnatal Body Program, I think it's month five onwards that, uh, because the program runs for like nine or ten months or a year or something like that, and, 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 and I keep adding to it. You know you don't pay after having paid for five months, right? So I can keep adding to it and you don't pay for it. You just get more stuff. Um, but I, I think it's roughly month five or week 20, something like that, where I start adding plyometrics because too many women have pelvic floor weaknesses, which means they can't go to a comedy club. I remember reading an article by Shapi Korshandi, the... The comedian was in The Guardian and she had something along the line of my belly is the shape it is, that's the price for having kids. Uh, I can't laugh too hard, that's the price for having kids and all that sort of stuff. And it made me want to scream because that is not at all a, a state you need to find yourself in permanently once you have kids, right? It is... It's a common problem, but it mean, doesn't mean it's, it's not fixable. It doesn't mean it's, it's, it's right. So plyometrics are an important part of your recovery program, I would argue. Um, simply because we need to get your body used to being able to jump up and down. Right? If you can't, if you can't do that comfortably and l learn how to... First of all, it's good for your muscles, but just from a pelvic floor perspective and just from a diastasis perspective, it is being able to absorb the pressure and, and all that sort of stuff. Be, having your pelvic floor be strong enough to deal with that type of thing is just essential for normal day-to-day -day life. I mean, you can't imagine... I can't imagine how much, how much it would suck to not be able to run for the bus because you'll know you'll have a bit of leakage once you get onto the bus because your pelvic floor is completely ruined. Um, right? That is the sort of thing we need to be training for. You, when you, I know, when your kid wants to kick a ball or something like that, you can't kick a ball because the impact is so much that uh, 
that it's that you wee yourself a little bit. You go to a comedy club and and you can't laugh, or you can't go to a party and you can't laugh because you'll wee yourself a little bit. That is that is common, but it's not normal. It, it is not. It's not right, and it's fixable. <laughs> and but we have to train for that. This stuff doesn't just fall out of the sky for everybody. In some cases, it goes completely back to normal. You do your Kegel exercises and, and all that sort of stuff, and you're completely fine. But in a lot of cases, you need a little bit more than that. So uh, these plyometric exercises, rather than being dangerous, doing them at the right time is incredibly useful. Um, I think we do, on top of my head, right, because I haven't... I haven't checked this because I, I never check things. Uh, three months in to the HPMB program, we start doing step-ups. That sounds about right. We start doing things like step-ups and all that sort of stuff. Where you step onto a bench, exhale your way through it and all that sort of stuff. Four or five months in, that time frame is about right, we start doing plyometric step-ups. We start doing... One or two, and not. It's not that the whole session consists of that type of stuff, but it's in there. Uh, we start doing some jump squats. We start doing uh, static static jump lunges and all that sort of stuff. If these things are not part of your postpartum recovery, then or you can't do these things after you finish your postpartum program, I would argue you've not recovered. But this is essential stuff. The point of any full-on postpartum recovery program is to have you fully recover. So you have the, the the rehab element of that, making sure you have your range of motion, that all the muscles are where they should be and all that sort of stuff. And then you have the, the strengthening up element of that, something that physios tend to ignore a little bit. Um, making sure you're strong and making sure you can do all exercises and function well throughout your daily life. That's usually the stage where physios hand off to a personal trainer if 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 they're part of, of a network to be fair right so it's not that all physios are terrible at it i just see a lot of people that have never been referred to a personal trainer after they completed their physio for whatever injury they have so that is essential and, and only when you can do all those things can you say i am fully recovered right it's um that that really is one of those things that you want to incorporate into your postpartum exercise program at the right time. At the right time, so not within the first six to eight weeks, and I would argue probably not even within the first twelve to fourteen. You start doing some jumps after that when you feel your pelvic floor is all right, and that is then also the stage where you can go comfortably go back to running. I have very few clients that have been working with me postpartum that can never go back running again. Actually, I don't have any. Um, unless you have some sort of really traumatic event, and by traumatic I mean just during birth there was a lot of damage and all that sort of stuff, and there's some per permanent nerve damage, and you need to see uh, a specialist, then then can you have have any sort of permanent issues? I have never come across anyone. And I did this interview with Iris, Dr. Iris Pla. Uh it was Iris Platt, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Iris. Uh, about urinary incontinence and all that sort of stuff. And again, she's absolutely lovely and she's absolutely wonderful. And she and she's basically said the same thing. There is no reason 
why um, why you would permanently have urinary incontinence issues. Yeah, Dr. Igris Platt. Uh, August 20, by the way, uh, August 20, 2023. Um, a phenomenal interview. Uh, it is, like I said, it like, and like she said, even more important, it is very common, and, and, but it's not right. And that's the sort of thing that we really want to fix and we really want to stay on top of. And a good postpartum program makes sure that you're fully recovered before you move on uh, to just go about with your life before you, they say you're in your merry way. This is also why postpartum programs should be a lot longer than three months, right? Three months is 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 your booster. Now that's your that's your initial boost that you lift up over the wall, so to speak. That that's the initial uh, the initial little boost. That doesn't mean you're actually over the wall and completely fine yet. There's a little bit more work to do after that. Um, anyways, I think that's about it for this uh, for this week. Peter at healthypostnatalbody.com. By the way, I do have interviews. I have a lot of interviews coming up. Um, Unfortunately, I'm also a very busy, busy boy and I don't have time to edit them. And that's why I'm reverting back to answering listener emails. Um, so send me your questions. <laughs> and hopefully in the next few weeks, I will start editing the email, the interviews I've already done. And then my life will be a bit more relaxed and you can listen to some other voices other than my own. But in the meantime, Peter at healthypostnatalbody.com. For all your questions and all your comments, I always get back. You always get a personalized answer, uh, a personal answer. Anyways, I always respond via email. And, you know, that's me done waffling. You have a tremendous week. I'll be back in touch next week. And, you know, here's a new bit of music. Bye now.
sound 